The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Born to be Breastfed with your host, Marie Biancuso. Our program aims to help you bust through the breastfeeding myths and ensure you and your baby enjoy the breastfeeding journey. Over the next hour, we'll help you figure out how to overcome the obstacles you might encounter and how to incorporate breastfeeding into your busy life. Now, here is your host, Marie Biancuso. Hi, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuso. Welcome to Born to be Breastfed, where every week we try hard to help you bust the myths and clarify the facts about breastfeeding. And today we're going to talk about breastfeeding as it relates to essential oils. Lucky me, I have as my guest a certified aromatherapist, Leah Harris. Welcome, Leah. Thank you so much for having me. Well, it's a real delight to have Leah. When my team first started talking about having essential oils as part of something that we would offer on the show, I said, oh, essential oils, I don't know. Doesn't that sound kind of hokey? And I I will admit that I was a little hesitant. I'm really quite amazed at the fact that there is science behind aromatherapy. And I was enchanted to talk to Leah. She is so knowledgeable, so easy to talk to. And I felt that all of you would be delighted with all that Leah can offer us today. We're really going to look at um, essential oils in terms of, first of all, what they are and what they aren't. And then I think we're going to move into some issues about what you need to do to safely use the essential oils for yourself, your child, or even your pet. And then we're going to talk a little bit about essential oils that breastfeeding mothers might use in place of a pharmaceutical to relieve simple ailments, stuffy nose, that sort of thing. And then we'll also really look at the fact that safety is really a bigger equation rather than just yes, no. Leah is tremendously knowledgeable about this. So finally, we'll wind up with how to be a smarter consumer of essential oil products. And I'm, I'm going to assume that they're not all created equally. So with that said then, Leah, start us off a little bit with what exactly is an essential oil? Sure, I'd be happy to. Essential oils are highly concentrated components that are extracted from plant matter. Now that can be flowers, fruit, leaves, roots. There's lots of different plant parts that can be used to extract essential oil or to make um, essential oils from. And there are different methods involved when extracting these essential oils from plants. And the most common method to extract essential oils is steam distillation. Uh Now, this method involves steaming the plant matter for a determined amount of time. This all depends on the plant under a specific 
pressure and at a certain temperature so as to release the oil. And what happens is you have the oil that we refer to as essential oils, and then you have the waters that are sort of left behind that a lot of distillers used to discard, and those are actually hydrosols, which is an entirely other subject. But that is where hydrosols come from. A lot of people are curious to know that. A different method of extracting essential oils from plants is CO2 extraction, which is similar to steam distillation. And instead of water being used, liquid CO2 is used instead, and then it's turned back into a gas, and it leaves the plant matter behind. It's a little bit more gentle method. The aromas are a little bit different, but is gaining in popularity as a preferred extraction method for many different plants. And another one that's used is cold pressing, and that's typically oh. used for citrus essential oils. You well, basically... Go ahead. Uh, would it be safe to say then... That with uh, there, there are three different methods, and would it be safe to say that the plant or the herb itself is different from the essential oil because the essential oil is really literally just the essence of that plant? Would that be true? Um, yeah, it could be true. There are different components. And when you're taking a plant like an herb, say, you know, oregano or even lavender, whatever you're taking as a plant, you're basically separating components out of that plant. So it's not a whole item. Like, I know we talked yesterday about basil and how you can make pesto, there's no risk making pesto. But if you use basil essential oil, there can be risk involved because you are extracting certain components out of that plant. So in the method of steam distillation, you're separating out the oil-soluble components and the water-soluble components. So you're not getting both. You're not getting a whole item. And there's actually four methods. Um, After cold pressing, there's a solvent extraction as well. Um, But a lot of people don't consider that as, as a... Um, pure essential oil it's technically it's an absolute and there's purists out there that say well absolutes are not really essential oils but they are used in similar manners leah from the standpoint of the consumer just real quick does it matter whether we're buying one that is uh uh distilled uh, uh, extracted i guess by one method or the other for the most part it doesn't matter however in certain essential oils if you have a cold pressed lime, for example, versus a steam distilled lime, that can make the difference between if it's phototoxic or not. Oh, okay. So, because the phototoxic parts of the essential oil are found in the actual rind. So, when you're pressing the rind, you're getting those phototoxic components and you're using them. Whereas, if it's steam distilled, you get different components. It's a different chemical makeup. And although you can use them similarly therapeutic-wise, you do have that one added risk of phototoxicity if you are using the cold-pressed version of lime. But generally speaking, it's really not going to make much difference on the therapeutic properties if you're using different methods. But by and large, um, essential oils are generally distilled a certain way. Like lavender, it's always going to be steam distilled. Um, Citrus are 99% of the time, they're going to be cold pressed. Whereas items like rose and jasmine, they're probably going to be solvent extracted to make Mm -hmm. an an absolute instead of the essential oil just because of the delicate nature of the flowers and they can get more out of 
and extraction using solvents than they can with essential oils um, doing it steam distillation. So as a consumer, that's not necessarily something I need to concern myself with, except maybe to understand that some plants respond better to one method than another, that sort of thing? Right, right. Okay. All right, so Leah, tell me this, because when you started saying cold-pressed, I immediately started thinking about things like olive oil. So how does something like olive oil or coconut oil or whatever, how does that differ from an essential oil? Well, essential oils are very, very, very concentrated. Okay. Something like olive oil and coconut oil, those are fatty oils, and those are most often referred to in aromatherapy as carriers because those are the types of oils that we are going to be using to dilute the essential oils. And essential oils really aren't oily, but what they are is they're oil-soluble. So, you know, a lot of people, you know, they're essential oils and everybody says oil, but they're really not an oil in the sense that they're not a fatty vegetable oil such as olive oil and coconut oil. And that could be where the misconception comes that you don't need to dilute them. Well, actually, you just answered a question I, I, I guess I didn't even know enough to ask, which is, if I have lavender, I'm always careful not to get it on my good sheets because I thought that lavender oil would be oil-y, and you're saying, no, it isn't, so don't worry about it. It's not like putting olive oil on your good sheets or something. Exactly. Okay. All right. So, Leah, tell me this. Then, how are essential oils different from these things that, oh, for instance, we have bathroom spray or uh, uh, candles that are like pumpkin or something like that? Uh, what about those? They're, are they are they essential oils? I suspect not. No, they're not essential oils. They are fragrance oils, and they can be great for aroma, oh. but there's no therapeutic properties to them at all. They're synthetic, um, processed, you know, man-made. And yes, essential oils you can say are man-made because you do need to actually involve a person in taking them from you know their natural habitats and converting them into essential oils, but. Carrier oils, you know what? I just totally lost your question with that Skype. I'm so sorry. Can you? <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> I'm so okay. glad this can be edited. I went, oh well, my goodness. I'm like, oh no, okay, four minutes. Okay. No, uh, no I think you're okay. Um, it was basically, are they man made? And I think what you're really telling us is that although a man is involved or a woman is involved in making the essential oil from the plant, that's different than a synthetic oil. Would that be true? Yes, absolutely. And there are risks involved. Um, Of course, there's risks involved with everything. But with fragrance oils, many people find that they have allergic reactions to a synthetic, like even lavender. There's people like, oh, my goodness, like I cannot stand walking into, you know, the candle aisle or whatever. And there's all these aromas like it, it just makes me just feel on edge. And I just don't like that. But those same people find that they can actually use essential oils because they are therapeutic and they're not just fragrance-based. They're the real deal. So if I was buying, say, the lavender oil, which I, I, a lavender essential oil, I should say, uh, is it possible that that would ever be cut with a, a fragrance oil? Yes, it is actually possible. Uh-huh. Uh, there are third-party tests um that are being done now that have been done for a few years where groups of consumers, and I was the first one to do this actually to initiate this, to see are these substances really what the company claims that they are? Because unlike food products where you can, you know, look at the back of the box and the ingredients are listed and still it's a measure of trust, 
But how do we know? How do we really know that that lavender is actual pure 100% lavender essential oil and not not only might it be cut with a carrier oil, but it might be cut with a synthetic version of lavender. It may be cut with a lesser quality essential oil or like lavendin smells a lot like lavender, but it's not as beneficial to us to use than lavender. And there's risks involved with that. So it's really difficult for us as a consumer to know this, but there's a really great thing called GCMS testing that can break all of those components down and tell you just what you have. Well, the reason I brought that up is that I noticed that often the prices are very different from one brand to another. And, uh, you know, what do I know? I just think, well, this looks pretty good or I've had this before or this is a reputable company, but I really don't know what I'm buying. And so as I was hearing you talk about the carrier oils and the fragrance oils, I was just thinking, well, maybe they cut them and maybe that would explain the price. So it sounds like we really need somebody like you to help us to be smarter consumers. So we've only got like uh, less than a minute left, but can you just name for us some uh, popular or, or recognizable essential oils that many of us might bump into? I mentioned the lavender. What else would we easily recognize? Peppermint essential oil, oh. lemon essential oil, tea tree essential oil. And then there's other ones like helichrysum, which I absolutely love and I feel is essential for everyone to have, but it's not as well known. But sandalwood, sandalwood may be familiar to a lot of people. Clove essential oil, even dentists use clove essential oil to help with pain. Oh, wow. I'm totally stunned. Gee. Uh, hey, everybody, don't go away. I'm Marie Biancuzo. I'm your host for Born to be Breastfed. I'm here today with certified aromatherapist Leah Harris. Don't go away. When we come back, we're going to be talking a lot more about how to actually use these. We'll be right back after this, this short break. Do you enjoy listening to Marie Biancuzo? Do you think your staff would enjoy listening to Marie? As the past president of Baby Friendly USA, Marie currently offers baby-friendly training programs, online only, live only, or a combination of live and online education. If you are tired of listening to a boring lecture in a dark room, watching bullet point slides with a brief chance for questions at the end, come and enjoy a truly interactive learning online or live program with Marie. Call Marie today at 703-787-9894 to find an option that works for your staff. Breastfeeding Outlook, owned and operated by Marie Biancuzo, is America's premier provider of breastfeeding education. If you're a nurse, lactation consultant, dietitian, midwife, physician, doula, or other professional, Breastfeeding Outlook is your source for SERPs, nursing contact hours, and CEUs to meet your certification or licensure requirements in all 50 states. Join Marie at a seminar in one of many U.S. cities or learn online. Marie has helped thousands to pass the IBLCE exam on the first try, and she can help you too. Call to find out how to get an easy payment plan for Marie's IBLCE exam prep course. And if your hospital is seeking the baby-friendly hospital designation, we can help you with that too through expert training and value-based consultation. We have a variety of packages to meet your needs without breaking your budget. Sign up 
up for a live or online course or inquire about training today, please visit breastfeedingoutlook.com or call us at 703-787-9894. Evidence for your practice starts here. Visit breastfeedingoutlook.com or call us at 703-787-9894. New Angel manufactures environmentally friendly and hypoallergenic cotton products for breastfeeding mothers and their new angels. Feel the difference. Soft, absorbent, and breathable. Patented, patent-pending, and award-winning products designed by a certified lactation consultant. Look for New Angel biodegradable, disposable, and cotton washable nursing pads, natural cotton products, and other unique items. Made by mothers for mothers in the USA. By N-U-A-N-G-E-L for your new angel at www.newangel.com and www.amazon.com. You're listening to Born to be Breastfed. To reach Marie Biancuso or her guest on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuso. I'm your host for Born to be Breastfed where we are busting the myths and clarifying the facts. We have lots of facts today that we're learning and how it applies to not only breastfeeding mothers, but mothers of babies, mothers of toddlers, uh, even mothers of pets, if you can put it that way, I suppose. Uh, We are here with certified aromatherapist Leah Harris. So, Leah, how exactly do people use these? Do they use them uh, on the skin or what do they do with them? Well, yes, topical method of use is very common. And then, of course, we have inhaling, which is, you know, where we get aromatherapy from is before, you know, scientists really realize, wow, there's a connection here between smelling these pretty smells. You know, not everybody's crazy smelling these things and telling me their headaches are going away. You know, there's actually real science to this. So that's where the term aromatherapy actually came from is feeling therapeutic benefits from inhaling these aromas, which now we know are actually therapeutic. So inhalation is a huge factor in aromatherapy. Now that can be Um, a diffuser that you're running in your room. It can be applying a couple of drops to a pendant that you're wearing on Mm. your scarf. It can be spritz, you know, making a linen spray, spritzing it on your pillow as you're trying to drift off to sleep. You know, there's many ways that we can inhale essential oils. For topical use, you know, my favorite ways to use essential oils topically are for skin issues. You know, there's not much good that comes about inhaling essential oils if you're dealing with skin issues. So we're talking cuts, not deep wounds, but like scratches, small, you know, bug bites, bruises, Ooh. burns, you know, any of those type of topical issues, as well as issues that are just below the surface of the skin, such as a muscular issue, even digestive issues, pretty much any body system that you can think of can benefit from either inhaling essential oils or the topical use of essential oils. And the third method is um, ingestion. There are people out there who overuse um, this method, in my opinion, um, do, I mean, do you want to get into that right now? I mean, we can go no. forever that uh, uh, No, actually, um, I just want to back up a minute here. So it sounds like uh, I, I, too, have used 
uh, I have a little gizmo that's at the side of my bed, and sometimes I will use something that's more of a relaxation thing, or sometimes I use something that is like, for instance, if I've got a, a stuffy nose, uh, a little eucalyptus, that sort of thing. So I've done the breathing part. Um, I can't say that I'm as familiar with the skin part, but I want to go back to the peppermint. I'm sure that I read a story, uh, excuse me, a study some four or five years ago that showed that people were more productive when the employer put uh, peppermint oil in the, like the air conditioning vent or whatever it was, so that employees were breathing this and they felt more invigorated. Um does that sound right to you? I mean, does it make clinical sense to you? It does, absolutely. I mean, we have the limbic system involved. That's the area of our brain that, you know, we can get through our olfactory system. So when we're inhaling things and it goes through our olfactory system, it can get right into the limbic center of the brain. So there's a lot of great essential oils for energy. We can inhale essential oils to help us emotionally. So absolutely, it's very, very well-studied. I know rosemary can increase concentration up to like 75%. So if you're diffusing rosemary, when you're studying, it can help you to retain the information that you are, you know, jotting notes down or during a class. And, you know, there's a lot of science involved when it comes to essential oils. So the rosemary fascinates me. I would think that it would, uh, uh, I I grow the rosemary and, uh, you know, I just, take a few sprigs and put it in my potato salad or whatever I'm making. But you're telling me, because it's very fragrant, you're telling me that if there's an essential oil out of that rosemary, it's going to help me to sit down, focus, and figure out how to do my radio show, right? It can help. It can help, (laughs) yes. Whoa. That is just amazing. Now, what happens if a child is exposed to, I'm, I'm thinking, for instance, one of these high needs babies, uh, are there things that they can breathe in? Um, there are, but we would have to depend. We would have to discuss how old is this child. You okay. know, it really depends. You know, can they be exposed to certain essential oils? There are some essential oils that do have a minimum age requirement, and rosemary is one. Eucalyptus is one, and both of those we recommend that children under the age of ten stay away from. Um, they are strong. They are powerful. They can slow respiration in children under the age of 10. Whoa. Peppermint is another one that should be avoided with children under the age of 6. You know, as we know, menthol is strong. It can really help. Um, it can actually help with respiration. But in the younger ones, it can actually slow their respiration just because of the strength and the potency. And VIX was one that came out. As we know, we probably all had VIX slathered on our chests when oh, we were yeah. kids. You know, oh, yeah. now, they, now they have a baby safe version. And, you know, that is because they've realized this stuff is strong. You know, some children react really powerfully. And this is the thing. Not all children will react. So this is more of a caution to throw out there to please be aware. You know, who wants to try it out? Who wants to see, gee, is my ch- child the one that's going to react? So I generally recommend that those be avoided for those age groups just because why risk it? There are other right. essential oils right. that can be used effectively for respiratory issues that don't carry the risk of, is my child going to have slowed respiration? Leah, somewhere on your website, I bumped into your thing about vanilla. And of course, just this morning, I bumped into my own thing of vanilla in my kitchen. 
And I was thinking, oh, I got to remember to ask Leah about this. Why are you such a fan of vanilla? It certainly has a wonderful fragrance. And I've been known to like put a little bit of it in some water and put it in my microwave if my kitchen kind of is smelly and it kind of gives a nice smell. So why why do you love the the vanilla? Well, it's funny that you would have that impression. I mean, I love vanilla, but for you to read my blog and go, oh my goodness, she loves vanilla. That's kind of funny to me, but I do. I do like it, and I do think it makes a great addition to some of the blends that I've created on my website for different issues. I think it's a great balancer. You know, if you took a survey of the world and and had them smell vanilla, 99% of people are going to say, wow, that's a really great smell. You know, there are companies that specifically add vanilla essential oil to their products, to their even their essential oils, just to make them smell better. It's a very pleasant aroma. So yes, I do like to add it. It kind of softens the aroma of some of the other strong essential oils. They're very potent. Essential oils, not only are they concentrated, but they some of them smell really strong and some of them are maybe not smell as good as like the lavender plant, you know, lavender essential oil. If you use too much, it can be really strong. So I really, I like using vanilla essential oil to help sort of soften that. And actually, technically, vanilla um, is most oftentimes an absolute, but you can Mm. use it similarly like an essential oil. It kind of has a blending or um, softening effect. It does. And it is therapeutic uh-huh. as well. It, it can help uh-huh. with insomnia. You know, there's really? tons of things that vanilla can actually is useful for. It can help calm. I mean, how do you feel when you inhale vanilla? You oh, know, it, as far as if I you, you make your own extract, it, it smells yeah. great. Yeah. Yeah, that, uh, that's absolutely true. In fact, sometimes I'll stick an extra drop or something in a cup of hot cocoa or something like that just because... No, it's just nice. It's just nice. Yes, it is. Uh, I want to back up to to something you mentioned at the early part of the show where you talked about, um, what was it that the dentist used? Clove. Cloves. Okay. Now, when I think cloves, I think apple cider. So, how, how? I mean, it's very fragrant, but how does that work and why do they use it? Well, it can really help with pain. It's a great one to use for any sort of tooth pain. And, you know, this is something that um, we talk about a lot in my group where, you know, moms are like, oh, can I use clove essential oil for my teething child? And I caution them against it. It's super, super concentrated. It can cause irritation and redness. So even diluted, it's not recommended. There are other things that we recommend. But there's just a numbing quality to clove essential oil specifically that really helps with tooth pain. So if you you have an older child, basically children over the age of two, or if you're an adult and you have a little bit of tooth pain, you know, and you can't get quite to the dentist right away, it can be really great to swab over that area and it, it, it numbs it. This would be a good time for me to remind everyone that as Leah and I are talking here, and even though both of us are professionals and certified in our respective fields, the truth of the matter is that all of this is just for information. It is not advice, and we absolutely would encourage you to talk with your local doctor, aromatherapist, or whoever. Uh, Leah, I do want to ask you, though, about um, the idea of the carrier oil. Is it safe to say that usually the essential oil would not be used alone it would be used with a carrier oil or diffused in some way yes that's true 
you always want to dilute your essential oils before applying to the skin. They are at least 100, sometimes hundreds of times more concentrated and potent than the actual herb itself. Wow. And when, when you're using essential oils, it's generally referred to as using them neat. When you're not using them diluted, you do increase the risk of redness, even blistering, irritation, sensitization. There's a lot of risk involved if you don't properly dilute. So you know, there are a couple of you know emergency-type situations like you get stung by a bee or you've got a burn and if you have lavender handy or helichrysum handy, you can put a drop on. That's okay. You don't have to stop your world and take 5 to 10, 15 minutes to make a concoction to put together to then put on your sting, which is by now swollen up, right? Right, right. So (laughs) in those instances, yes, it's okay. Grab your bottle real quick, throw a drop on. But if you can have some of these blend it up ahead of time, it can make those emergency type situations a little bit more comfortable for you. And essential oils are more effective when diluted as well. Well, wow. I can imagine what it smells like to come to your house. Holy mackerel. Hey, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) I am talking with certified aromatherapist, uh, Leah Harris. I'm Marie Biancuzzo, your host for Born to be Breastfed. On the other side of the break, we're going to talk about some safety issues for breastfeeding mothers as well as others. And Leah is going to walk us all through that. So don't go away. We'll be right back after this short break. Do you enjoy listening to Marie Biancuzo? Do you think your staff would enjoy listening to Marie? As the past president of Baby Friendly USA, Marie currently offers baby-friendly training programs, online only, live only, or a combination of live and online education. If you are tired of listening to a boring lecture in a dark room, watching bullet point slides with a brief chance for questions at the end, come and enjoy a truly interactive learning online or live program with Marie. Call Marie today at 703-787-9894 to find an option that works for your staff. Breastfeeding Outlook, owned and operated by Marie Biancuzo, is America's premier provider of breastfeeding education. If you're a nurse, lactation consultant, dietitian, midwife, physician, doula, or other professional, Breastfeeding Outlook is your source for SERPs, nursing contact hours, and CEUs to meet your certification or licensure requirements in all 50 states. Join Marie at a seminar in one of many U.S. cities or learn online. Marie has helped thousands to pass the IBLCE exam on the first try, and she can help you too. Call to find out how to get an easy payment plan for Marie's IBLCE exam prep course. And if your hospital is seeking the baby-friendly hospital designation, we can help you with that too through expert training and value-based consultation. We have a variety of packages to meet your needs without breaking your budget. Sign up for a live or online course or inquire about training today. Please visit breastfeedingoutlook.com or call us at 703-787-9894. Evidence for your practice starts here. Visit breastfeedingoutlook.com or call us at 703-787-9894. New Angel manufactures environmentally friendly and hypoallergenic cotton products for breastfeeding mothers and their new angels. Feel the difference. Soft, absorbent, and breathable. Patented, patent-pending, and award-winning products designed by a certified lactation consultant. Look for New Angel biodegradable, disposable, and cotton-washable nursing pads, natural cotton products, and other unique items. Made by mothers for mothers in the USA. 
by N-U-A-N-G-E-L for your new angel at www.newangel.com and www.amazon.com. You're listening to Born to be Breastfed. To reach Marie Biancuso or her guest on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuso. I'm your host for Born to be Breastfed, where we each week try to bust the myths and clarify the facts. I'm here today with Leah Harris. Leah, before the break, we were talking about, for instance, putting an an essential oil, you mentioned the lavender oil, on a bee sting. One of the things that I bump into more often than not is that, honestly, breastfeeding mothers can have anything that anybody else can have. They can have bee stings, coughs, colds, etc., paper cuts, you name it, we've got it. And they call me and they say, well, is it okay to have blah, blah, blah that I want to buy in the uh, the drugstore, which, of course, is an over-the-counter thing. Now, I'm not authorized to tell them yes or no, but one of the things that I try to do, for instance, is to say, uh, what else have you tried or what else could you try? And, of course, they don't have any idea. So can we talk, for instance, about something well, the bee stings, but I'm thinking my favorite for myself for a stuffy head uh, is the eucalyptus. It's the only thing I know, so it's the only thing I do. You probably have eight other things for a stuffy head, head cold, that sort of thing. Can you talk to us a little bit about what can we use for just normal ailments? Right. Well, like you mentioned, you can definitely use eucalyptus if you are dealing with respiratory issues. Peppermint is another one that you can use. Um, you know, there's just caution, you know, with with pregnancy and breastfeeding both, you know, you have another child that's usually, it's either in you or it's on you, one or the other. Yeah, in you, you know, they're, they're very close. And yeah. so we just want to use caution when, when they're very, very close to us. But, you know, there are times we can use, it's called a personal inhaler. And it's just, it's basically a small wick that's encapsulated in either, you know, a glass and aluminum little device or a plastic device that, you know, you can pull out and you can inhale. And you don't have to diffuse and fill up an entire room if it's something that may not be baby safe, but it's something you can pull out and you can just take a little inhale if you're dealing with with a cold. And, you know, that can help you. Um, with stuffy yeah, excuse nose, me. Um, I, I think I've seen that gizmo like at a natural food store. Is that where you would suggest somebody buy it or can you get it on Amazon or how does that work? Yeah, you can get it on Amazon too. Okay. All right. Yes. Okay, I'm sorry to have interrupted. Uh, sure. What else nope. were you telling us about? That's fine. Um, normally, I would recommend for any type of stuffy nose or sinus headache, I would recommend a steam inhalation. Now, there are some people who feel that it may be a little bit too intense. If you are pregnant, it may be a little bit too intense to do a steam inhalation. But if you're breastfeeding, it, it'll be fine. And a steam inhalation, for those of you who don't know, you're basically taking a bowl of hot water, you're adding one or two drops of essential oil, you're putting your face over that bowl, and you put a towel over your head, and that traps the steam in and allows you to deeply inhale. It opens up the sinuses. It's super effective for any type of sinus issues or stuffy nose. It can clear you right out. It's really, really effective opening up all those airways. But I would caution if you are pregnant, it's probably a little bit too intense. Okay. 
Okay. By the way, uh, for you listeners, I am not an expert on this by any stretch of the imagination, but my mother was doing that with me when I was a kid, and I've done it as an adult, and I can tell you that steam inhalation really, really works. Mm -hmm. Uh, Anything else that you can think of that are sort of uh, ordinary things that breastfeeding mothers or pregnant mothers might ask you about? Yeah, like sore throats. Sandalwood essential oil is really, really great to use for sore throats. And that would be sandalwood essential oil. Sandalwood, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. So you can dilute that and apply it on the outside of the throat. And it actually does work. You don't have to drink it. Please do not drink it. But if you dilute it and apply it to the outside of your throat, it can really help. Um, Sometimes if you have swollen lymph nodes as well as not feeling well, that can help to reduce those swollen lymph nodes that are up around your throat area. Um, So that would be for sore throats. I know we talked about bee stings. Lavender and helichrysum both are really great for bee stings and bug bites. Leah, on the uh, sandalwood, you said put it on your throat. You're putting it on your skin. Yes. Are you putting it with some olive oil or something? Are you putting it straight? I don't think you're putting it straight. No, you're definitely diluting. You want to always dilute. And a great rule of thumb if you're breastfeeding or if you're pregnant is 1% dilution. And what that means is you're adding a drop of your essential oil to a teaspoon of carrier oil. If you want to use olive oil, that's fine. If you want to use coconut oil, you know, there are lots of selections out there that also have therapeutic benefits that you can use to enhance essential oils. So one drop of essential oil per one teaspoon gives you a 1% dilution. And then you just rub it on your, your yes, whole you throat. Do. Okay. Yep, you just rub it right on wherever, yep, your sore throat, where, however much area that you need to cover. Like I said, you can go up to like around your ear area if you're also having swollen lymph nodes or if your ear is sore. Um, that is something you can do as well. What about anxiety? Yes, anxiety. Yeah, inhalation is the best way to deal with anxiety. And, you know, there's lots of great essential oils for calming. And lavender is clearly one. You know, orange can be very calming. I know we mentioned vanilla is very calming. If if you're stressful, um, you know, those would be great essential oils to inhale to sort of calm you down. And if there's essential oils that when you are inhaling them, you're like, wow, this makes me feel good. And it may be different for other people, but right. those would be really great to to use as well. So, Leah, does it make a difference? I'm not quite sure how to ex- explain my question. C- can you just take a whiff and it does the job? Or do you need to take several whiffs? Or do you need to have it in the room for 20 minutes? Or how, how does the duration go? That's a really great question. If, if, you know, if you're having an anxiety attack, you know, you can just grab your bottle and you can open it up and just take a deep inhalation. Sometimes you might want two or three inhalations. You don't want to overdo it. You can, you know, feel lightheaded and stuff if you do too much. Okay. But that is a really quick way to do it. I do recommend having those personal inhalers handy, though, yeah, if you are yeah. going to be doing this often. Because often. the more often you open your bottle, then, you know, the more oxidation is going to happen and you know and all that stuff so you definitely want to open it as least amount of times as possible so i guess that brings me to another question then uh i suppose that the essential oil doesn't ever really get too old it just loses its oomph well yes that's a good way to put it um they do oxidize and you know they may not get old per se but oxidize 
oxidization. Ugh, oxidation. Yeah. So, anyways, oxidation. <laughs> um, there we go. Wow, I've only said that. Okay, five, got five it. Times got it. In my life. So, you know, that can happen the more often that you're opening that bottle, you know, those top notes are going to evaporate. You know, essential oils, they're volatile. That's why they work because they go into the air and we can smell them. So over the course of a year or two, if you're opening that bottle often, you're going to lose some of those constituents and then you're only left with like the base notes or maybe some of the middle notes. So it's not going to be as effective. So when you use that topically, you do put yourself at risk for irritation, redness, sensitization. And some essential oils are more prone than others to cause this redness on your skin or to cause the sensitization on your skin. And that's just due with it. You know, it may not go old per se, but yeah, it's not going to be as effective for you either when those constituents leave the bottle. Okay. Um, how about headaches? Do you have a suggestion that would be appropriate or I hesitate to even have this come out of my mouth, but migraine headaches, anything for either one of those? A lot of people find that peppermint is very effective. Others prefer lavender. Um, I would caution with peppermint if you're breastfeeding. There are some women who find yep. that using peppermint essential oil can decrease their milk supply. milk supply. Yep. Yes. Yep. And... Uh, I just want to reiterate what Leah said that the uh, studies have actually shown that that's a possibility. From a clinical standpoint, I would say I, I do think it's a possibility, but it doesn't mean that it will happen to you. So I think that Leah's word was good when she said a caution. All right, so Leah, tell us a little bit about safety in general, whether you're breastfeeding or not. How are these essential oils determined to be safe? for anybody. I mean, are they FDA approved? How does that work? No, they're absolutely, yeah, they're not FDA approved. Yeah. The FDA has not gotten involved with essential oils. Um, But as far as the safety, you know, there's a lot of research out there. You know, you can go to PubMed, you, you know, there's plenty of research out there that will show you, you know, the effectiveness of the essential oils and also caution you and say, look, you know, this adverse reaction happened. And Robert Tisseran has compiled over 4,000 of these research citations into his book, Essential Oil Safety. And that is the basis to for where all of us get our information as far as safety it was from his compilation of all of these medical journals and everything. So there's a lot of safety. You know, people have been using essential oils for a while now. And, you know, there's been overdoses, you know, that have been accidental. There's been, you know, um, people using lime essential oil, you know, slathering it on their skin, going out in the sun, getting burned, you know. So we've been able to co- make some connections and and know the safety involved with certain essential oils, whether it's phototoxicity, whether it's, you know, okay, don't use this essential oil if you're on blood thinners. Um, there's a lot of different things that have been noted that we are able to then point to and say, you know what, if you're doing this or that, it's probably not a good idea because this result may happen. Okay, so you're saying that even though a particular essential oil might be safe for me, it might not be safe for you. Right. There there are certain safety indications that are just like that. It may be fine right. for me, may not be fine for you. But then there are other um, safety precautions, such as the phototoxicity, where I don't care who you are, if you're going out into the sun with neat lime essential oil on your skin, you haven't diluted it at all, you're going to get a burn. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
All right. And so you mentioned basically populations. You you mentioned this earlier, really. You were saying that some things are safe for an adult, but not for a child. Some things are okay for a, a child, but not a child that's less than six years old. Uh, you've talked about medications, particularly blood thinners. I'm thinking of things like uh, it would not be terribly unusual for a pregnant or a postpartum woman to be on something like heparin. Uh, Coumadin, that sort of thing. Um, talk to us a little bit about cinnamon. Yes, cinnamon is one along with clove that can cause the blood to thin. So if you are, even if you're taking aspirin, it may not be a wise right. decision for you to use that. Yeah, I did not mention that because it's not uh, it's not classified as a blood thinner, but it certainly is antiplatelet. And so exactly. you're saying, yeah, you would be avoiding the uh, avoiding is probably not a big enough word, but uh, don't take the cinnamon or the um, the clove essential oil. Um, yeah, wow. Well, would any amount be a problem, Leah, or is that something they should call you for? Well, yeah, that really depends. You know, how are you using it? Are you inhaling it? Are you ingesting oh. it? Are you slathering it on your skin? You know, and actually right. surgery is another one. If you're about to have surgery, oh. there are certain essential oils because of that reason that you want to avoid just to be safe. Yeah, so I hope everybody is convinced that Leah is absolutely a mountain of knowledge on this stuff. Hey, everybody, don't go away. Uh, Leah and I will both be right back after this short break. Do you enjoy listening to Marie Biancuzo? Do you think your staff would enjoy listening to Marie? As the past president of Baby Friendly USA, Marie currently offers baby-friendly training programs, online only, live only, or a combination of live and online education. If you are tired of listening to a boring lecture in a dark room, watching bullet point slides with a brief chance for questions at the end, come and enjoy a truly interactive learning online or live program with Marie. Call Marie today at 703-787-9894 to find an option that works for your staff. Breastfeeding Outlook, owned and operated by Marie Biancuzo, is America's premier provider of breastfeeding education. If you're a nurse, lactation consultant, dietitian, midwife, physician, doula, or other professional, Breastfeeding Outlook is your source for SERPs, nursing contact hours, and CEUs to meet your certification or licensure requirements in all 50 states. Join Marie at a seminar in one of many U.S. cities or learn online. Marie has helped thousands to pass the IBLCE exam on the first try, and she can help you too. Call to find out how to get an easy payment plan for Marie's IBLCE exam prep course. And if your hospital is seeking the baby-friendly hospital designation, we can help you with that too through expert training and value-based consultation. We have a variety of packages to meet your needs without breaking your budget. Sign up for a live or online course or inquire about training today. Please visit breastfeedingoutlook.com or call us at 703-787-9894. Evidence for your practice starts here. Visit breastfeedingoutlook.com or call us at 703-787-9894. New Angel manufactures environmentally friendly and hypoallergenic cotton products for breastfeeding mothers and their new angels. Feel the difference. Soft, absorbent, and breathable. Patented, patent-pending, and award-winning products designed by a certified lactation consultant. Look for New Angel biodegradable, disposable, and cotton washable nursing pads, natural cotton products, and other unique items. Made by mothers for mothers in the USA. 
by N-U-A-N-G-E-L for your new angel at www.newangel.com and www.amazon.com. You're listening to Born to be Breastfed. To reach Marie Biancuso or her guest on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuso. I'm your host for Born to be Breastfed. I'm here today with certified aromatherapist Leah Harris. Uh, Leah, you were saying before we went to break about the uh, safety of essential oils, and you mentioned the book by Robert Tisserand. I'm just going to tell the audience that's T-I-S-S-E-R-A-N-D in case anyone is interested. So, Leah, I kind of want to just pretend like I'm walking in the natural food store, which, by the way, is one of the things I love to do because there's so much there to buy. I could I could spend all day in there and I could spend half a fortune in there. But anyway, uh, when I walk in and I look at essential oils, I'm going to assume that they are not all created equally. I'm going to assume that maybe I can tell if they are safe. I can how how can I tell that I'm getting my money's worth? And how can I tell that this is top grade in terms of quality? Give me some parameters here. That's a really great question. It's difficult when you walk into a store to have all the information you need. The bottles are so small. You know, they're not going to have the GCMS reports laying there for you to glance through. You know, it's going to be really difficult. So I would hope that you've done a little bit of research before going into the store. You know, you checked out their website. You've seen if they mention any safety information. I mean, ideally, safety information should be on the bottle. If you're picking up the bottle and it warns you about phototoxicity, if it warns you about using with your children, if it gives you dilution guidelines right on the bottle, um, which you know most they just don't do that you know they just don't have the room for that so that's where doing some research ahead of time checking out their website seeing if they're acknowledging that essential oils have a shelf life there are some companies who believe that there is no shelf life for essential oils that they're just they're so natural and pure they last forever Um, that's not the case if their website does give you a warning for using with children or maybe using around your pets if they present you with really great dilution guidelines so that you can know how to safely use the essential oils um, if they provide Latin names and this is something that should be on the bottle is the botanical name oh, because uh-huh. Some essential oils, there could be one botanical name. You know, there's several species and varieties of lavender. You know, there's several of rosemary. You know, some are preferred to use and some aren't. You know, even some of them have chemotypes, which define it even further. Um, Extraction method, as we discussed earlier with lime, that can be telling. You know, do you know if this lime essential oil you're using, if it's going to be phototoxic or not? So there's a lot of information that, you know, and it's unfortunate because most of us, we hear about something and we want to go buy it. You know, we don't know that we have to ask questions. We don't know that we have to do this research first. So I would love to see companies, you know, embracing safety more and not just sales and giving all of this information to us right on the bottle so we don't have to do all this extra research at home first. Leah, are they tested on humans or animals or what? 
Well, there is no human testing because it's just not ethical, but there have been, you know, cases of overdoses or, you know, misuses where then they can pinpoint and say, yeah, okay, well, that wasn't smart to do. There is some animal testing, but, you know, whether or not that that data can be extrapolated into, you know, is this now safe for humans or not? Yeah. Um, but as far as pregnancy yeah. and breastfeeding goes, you know, if, if they've, you know, given rats certain amounts of, you know, eucalyptus or, you know, like whatever it is and their pregnancies are terminated, they're going to warn you against using this with humans as well. That's just Absolutely. what they're going to do. That's just by default. So unfortunately, no, there's not much human testing. It's just not ethical. Yes, because, uh, I know that certainly even with modern pharmaceuticals, when they say that that drug is safe and effective, they're talking about the general populace. They are not talking about the breastfeeding or lactating woman because rarely, if ever, is the test done on uh, the breastfeeding or lactating mother. So then, Leah, can you use these essential oils with your pets? Yes and no. Um, there okay. are some essential oils that you can diffuse around your dogs. There are some essential oils that you can apply topically to your dogs. Of course, you want to dilute them heavily. Um, but cats generally lack a certain enzyme that can process the essential oils. That's just something that's just generic for cats. Um, okay. There are some cats that oddly don't have that issue, and you can diffuse around them. But it's my personal stance that I just do not recommend using essential oils with cats. Yeah, and yeah. that is where that personal inhaler can come in handy because if you're diffusing in your room and your cat walks in you're like oh, oh. No, you know what am I gonna do so I mean right. use your personal inhaler then it's only affecting you it's not you know affecting your whole entire home right it's not affecting your baby or your cat I hadn't even exactly. thought of that yeah so so that is um certainly a consideration uh for those of you who have been hanging on Leah's every last word as I have and I've been jotting down notes as I've gone here because you can tell this is like so far outside of my uh realm of influence or understanding I was especially interested in uh Leah's su- suggestions of things that would be useful for what I call just normal ordinary everyday ailments and you'll be happy to know that Leah has already agreed to come back and do another show where we can talk about more specifically breastfeeding issues. But I thought it was really critical to talk about what an essential oil is, what it isn't, safety issues, and so forth, before we dive into the specific breastfeeding issues. However, I also want to let everybody know that Leah has a website, Leah has a book, and Leah, tell us about both. Sure. Um, you can find me at using eossafely.com, and I have a lot of information for you over there. If you scroll down to the footer of my website, I have my entire website indexed for you by section. So you can find lots of information on safety. I know we discussed cats and dogs, and I have information on pregnancy and breastfeeding, shelf life, inhalation, phototoxicity. You can look all of that up over there. I also... Um, have created some essential oil classes that I've been doing for free, which you can find on freeoclass.com. I've done classes on seven singles, and I go into the therapeutic properties, the benefits, the safety, and lots of recipes. And I've also done seven blends. So I've formulated myself, I've formulated seven different types of blends, and there's typically more than one recipe that you can use that are going to be safe and effective for everybody. These 
these are family safe recipes that I've done. Mm-hmm. I've also, I know we discussed, you know, not being able to find all the information you need by looking at an essential oil bottle. So I've taken it upon myself because I know it's overwhelming to know all the safety information to create labels that anybody can purchase and download. So you can find those labels on safeeolabels.com and they're the 30 most popular essential oils that my group has voted on, my Facebook group, which you can find us using essential oils safely over on Facebook. We have over 40,000 members. So we have all of the... um, Information that you would need to know. The safety, if, is it phototoxic? Is it, you know, what is the shelf life? Is there a topical max? The Latin names, if you can inhale or def- um, use topically, if you're breastfeeding around your dogs, you know, what age, all of that information fits on these labels. So that is something that can be easily downloaded. And quick, quick, the name of your book, Leah? The name of my book is called The Truth About Essential Oil Safety, and you can find that right on my sidebar of using eossafely.com. You can also find it at thetruthaboutesafety.com. Absolutely. That is terrific information. And as always, there's way too much stuff to be done, and that yet that's all the time that we have today. So before we sign off, I'd like to thank my guest, Certified Aromatherapist, Leah Harris. I'd also like to thank each of you for listening to Born to be Breastfed. I so much appreciate your being here. If it weren't for you listeners, we wouldn't have a show. Uh, So thank you so much for listening. I'd like to invite all of you to come back next week. If you're interested in books or other media that was mentioned on this show or even on previous shows, check out our Amazon store. Now, how do you do that? Well, visit me at borntobebreastfed.com and you'll see it. Again, that's borntobebreastfed.com for the books and media or for my blog or whatever you are interested in. Make sure to check out my Facebook page. And I would love it if you could uh, like my Facebook page. So if you're a professional and if you're looking for continuing education about breastfeeding and lactation, remember, I'm your source for evidence-based practice and education on the web, and sometimes in your city. My courses and tons of free resources, including my blog, and much more are all at my professional website, and that's breastfeedingoutlook.com. Again, that's breastfeedingoutlook.com. I'm Marie Biancuzzo. I promise I'll help you to cut through the myths and clarify the facts about breastfeeding next Monday, same time, same channel. In the meanwhile, remember, your baby was born to be breastfed. Have a great week. Thank you for tuning in this week to Born to be Breastfed. Please join Marie Biancuzo next Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. This week, do its best for you and your baby. 